Llegaron los Propane Days a Lowe's. Desde ahora hasta el 16 de junio, los miembros MVPs de Lowe's reciben un 20% de reembolso en pintura con una tarjeta de regalo electrónica de Lowe's por compras de pinturas elegibles de 100 dólares o más. Lleva la nueva y exclusiva pintura HGTV Home de Sherwin-Williams Specride para interiores. Lowe's sabe de pros. Aplican exclusiones, restricciones y más términos. Visita Lowe's.com diagonal L diagonal Pro Loyalty Terms. Sujeto a cambios. No one in the North Shore Drive podcast, we talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers, we're talking about their starters, but today we're going to focus on depth pieces and backups and guys there who I think the Steelers could be looking at, and we're going to start with the quarterback position. Joining me to talk about that is Adam Bittner of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I'm Chris Carter, also the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, and this is the North Shore Drive podcast, the Friday edition. Let's get into it. You are now listening to the North Shore Drive podcast, a show on all things Pittsburgh sports from the writers of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, hosted by Christopher Carter. Hello and welcome to the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I'm your host, Chris Carter, joined today by Adam Bittner. As always, you can find this show on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere podcasts are hosted, but especially on YouTube. If you're watching this video on YouTube, like this video, subscribe to this channel to get all of the daily content that comes from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, as we have lots of different content providers that come through, including Adam himself, uh, a lot of stuff here, but also this North Shore Drive podcast comes out Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Thanks again for checking us out. Adam, how you doing, sir? I'm great. It's it's good to be in the host or in the guest chair. A lot less work. I like to let you do the work. <laughs> a lot less work to be in the guest chair. I do agree. I like when Noah uh, takes the reins when we do our pitch show. But let's talk about the Steelers' backup quarterback situation, and we'll talk about different backup spots. But I think that this is something that we need to come back to because we look at Kenny Pickett's the bona fide starter. He's the guy that they're projecting to be the guy. And, you know whether or not he becomes you know a franchise quarterback for the Steelers. That's a different topic. Um, I think he will be eventually. But the question now becomes, what do the Steelers do with their backup quarterback position? Mason Ruff set to go to free agency. He's been pretty clear that he wants a shot to go start somewhere at some point and prove himself. Uh, you know, and and the Steelers kind of he never really got that real chance. Uh, you know, outside of the year that Ben Roethlisberger was hurt for the entire season, but uh, the Steelers do have Mitch Trubisky right now under contract. For, for the upcoming season, but Mitch Trubisky also is a guy who also probably wants to be a starter, but he's also a $10.6 million cap hit, which is pretty expensive for a backup quarterback when you're trying to fix different parts of your roster and make yourself competitive. Adam, should the Steelers get rid of Trubisky? Should they cut him? Should they trade him? Or should they ride it out with him and and, and get and keep him around in case, uh, in case Kenny Pickett does get hurt again this year? Yeah, I'm firmly in the hold on to Mitch Trubisky camp. He, we already, I, I think he was worth what the Steelers paid him this past season, just coming in in relief of Kenny Pickett a couple of times, um, salvaging performances. Obviously, you remember the win in Carolina. That's what you pay backup quarterbacks to do. Um, and I, I think that's A. B is that Kenny Pickett is still an unfinished uh, product. He is still something of an unknown quantity of, of what his upside is going to be. If if he gets into a funk next season, you can maybe turn to Mitch Trubisky and, and say, well, the season isn't necessarily over because Kenny doesn't have it this season. I think, you know, just, just expecting that Kenny Pickett is going to make these leaps and bounds and steps forward. Um, you know, should, should the Steelers plan that way that he's going to be their quarterback of the future? Absolutely. Do you want to have someone who can win you games 
if he's not and if he struggles and if that that year one to year two transition once teams get to see some film on him uh, makes things more difficult for him I think so now that doesn't mean that there aren't other guys that could fill Mitch Trubisky's shoes for maybe a little bit less money and and save you money against the cap and free you up to make other moves but it does you know, he's the guy that you've had in in here for a year. You know him. You've you've put in time, you know, going through his struggles at the beginning of the season to the point where he matured by the end um, and, and, and helped lead them to win. So I, I think he would be worth that amount of money. If you look at the amount of money that the Steelers would be investing in their quarterbacks overall, it would still be a fraction of a lot of um, top teams, which means you should still have plenty of cap space to address other areas of need. So I'm I'm firmly in the camp of keep Mitch Trubisky for another year, and then you know then you'll have to reevaluate. But I think he's a nice safety net for Kenny Pickett um, for multiple reasons. I agree that the safety net is very important, and you're right. Him coming back in, even after he lost his starter position, him coming back in was big for the Steelers because it allowed them to go and be you know to to, to go out there and win some games, especially down the stretch with the Carolina Panthers. Uh, him coming back in there, him coming in against the Buccaneers, uh, you know, those impo- those moments were important. But here's where I'm a little concerned is that he did that this year as a $3.6 million cap hit. That is all fine and good. When the Steelers drew up this two-year contract, as the Steelers have over the past several years, when they give these guys these two-year deals, it's kind of a prove-it situation where if you prove you're a starter and you're worth the, this, this big cap hit in the second year, not only will they keep you, they'll probably extend you. They'll find a way to keep you around. Mr. Trubisky, though, $10.6 million. That's a lot of money to be taken up uh on, on the roster right now that puts him just outside the top five as far as play be played players uh tj watt cam hayward minka fitzpatrick all the guys there um and then william jackson third pretty sure he's going to be moving on or or that contract number will be changing uh soon so he is the second a uh, third uh, excuse me the fourth highest offensive play paid player with deontay johnson's contract james daniel's contract and chikuma core for as far as um, as far as cap hits go, and my, my here's here's where I'm thinking: if they were to let Mitch Trubisky go, you could probably sign another backup quarterback from around a three billion dollar range. That opens up about five million dollars more in cap space that you can now invest into getting another depth piece on the offensive line or getting another guy here or there. And then while you're getting that other veteran, you could get you know there's plenty of guys out there right now that are that that are floating around the league and aren't making that you know aren't taking that kind of a cap hit on 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 the on their on the rosters they're on you know you look at Mike White for the Jets or um even even Andy Dalton for the for the Saints getting a guy like that I don't think would be too much of a challenge if the Steelers really wanted to do so in free agency and then you can even also use one of your later draft picks on getting another quarterback or or finding a guy there and saying hey here's a young quarterback here's a vet quarterback bringing them in letting them work with Kenny Pickett and, and while Kenny Pickett's still the guy so you do have your an insurance policy but I think the Steelers are in a position where a lot of people are, you know, are, are, have been saying, you know, ever since Ben Roethlisberger was looking like he was going to retire. Oh, well, the decade's lost. They're about to spend the next 10 years just being a, a terrible team or whatever. I don't think so. I think that the TJ Watt's still a great player. Mika Fitzpatrick's still a great player. I think they've got some really good pieces on offense that are developing. I think this team, if if the right moves are made this offseason and not aggressively like trading three first round picks to get Jalen Ramsey or doing things that the Rams did, but natural building, 
they can be a real competitor next season. And part of that, I think, though, is opening up the cap space to be able to sign some of your guys longer term and to be able to say, hey, let's get depth pieces on different positions where we'll get to those in a minute. Yeah, but, I, you know, I, I agree with you in terms of the aggression that I'd like to see them go with, but I see I see Mitch Trubisky as part of that. I, I look at the way the Ravens played a couple of times against the Steelers. They were a competitor. They were a good team. Um, you know, they were they were a team that at certain points you thought might might contend in the AFC. Um, they kind of faded toward the end. Why? Because Lamar Jackson got hurt, and you had, you know, Tyler Huntley um, just, just not measure up. And, and you're right. There are guys who maybe would not be – such a dramatic fall off, but I do think a team in the Steelers position, I think having a good backup quarterback and a guy who fits the things you want to do with your starting quarterback, you know, I think there's some overlap with Kenny Pickett's game and Mitch Trubisky's game. Um, and, and that could be the difference between, you know, winning that game that gets you into the playoffs or not the Steelers, you know, the Steelers were almost in that position this year where, where Mitch Trubisky going down and winning that game in Carolina could have been if the, the cards fell a little bit differently the difference between making the playoffs and not. And that's why I look at everything you're saying. And I agree with it in, in terms of this, this is a, a, the team that has a chance to, if not be like a top team in the AFC, then a team that at least is, is competing for playoff spots and maybe getting a playoff win. If that's what our expectations are for the Steelers next year, I think having Mitch Trubisky um, may, helps you get there more than other moves that you could make. Um, you know, I could be wrong. There could be other, other, you know, if they do move on from Mitch Trubisky and, and Kenny Pickett stays healthy, then, I, you know, this conversation is basically rendered moot. But I think if, if you just look at all the ways that Mitch Trubisky could potentially help you, to me, that's worth the money for one year. I'm not saying keep him here forever, but but for one year, given where Kenny Pickett is in his development, I'd like to have one of the best quarterback, backup quarterbacks in the NFL, um, you know, rather than someone who's maybe in the middle of the pack or bottom half in terms of backups. So that's that's just the way I'm looking at it. I'm certainly going to be interested to see how this plays out. Uh, you know, because I, I, I feel you again. The importance of a backup quarterback cannot be understated, especially with a young guy like Kenny Pickett, who likes to put his body on the line. He, even at Pitt, he was a guy who was not afraid of contact. And sometimes you're like, as a franchise quarterback, like, hey man, like just cool out, like like just protect yourself a little bit more. But so so having that's important. I just wonder. Is that $10 million cap hit too much? We'll see what the Steelers decide on as the offseason continues. But there's other depth positions that we got to address. We'll do that here in a minute on the on the North Shore Drive podcast here from the Pittsburgh Post. But first, we got to talk to you about our great sponsors at Valley Pool and Spa. And right now, it's been nicer weather in Pittsburgh. It's going to be there for a little bit. But you know it's February. Don't be tricked. The, the cold weather is going to be coming back. And the best place to relax away from that cold weather is in a nice sauna, a spa, or a hot tub right in your home environment. You can get that at Valley Pool and Spa right now. And if you go to Valley Pool and Spa right now, they have Finlayo saunas that they can that you can look at. And, and, and they, when you get in them, they melt your stress away immediately. They help you get refreshed get ready, and ready to go back and tackle out your day. And you can go to Valley Pool and Spa right now and see how you can get one of those installed right in your home. Save big now and all in stock hot tubs, swim spas, and saunas when you visit valleypoolspa.com. That's valleypoolspa.com. Yeah. 
Llegaron los Propane Days a Lowe's. Desde ahora hasta el 16 de junio, los miembros MVPs de Lowe's reciben un 20% de reembolso en pintura con una tarjeta de regalo electrónica de Lowe's por compras de pinturas elegibles de 100 dólares o más. Lleva la nueva y exclusiva pintura HGTV Home de Sherwin-Williams Specright para interiores. Lowe's sabe de pros. Aplican exclusiones, restricciones y más términos. Visita Lowe's.com diagonal L diagonal Pro Loyalty Terms. Sujeto a cambios. Back here on the North Shore Drive podcast. I'm Chris Carter with Adam Bittner. We are at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Now, let's look across the board at the Steelers' situation depth-wise at, at different positions because the Steelers were very much a team in several positions last year where if the wrong guy went down, they were in a lot of trouble. We saw that with T.J. Watt. It didn't really work out. They brought in Malik Reed, and you know, in the stretch without him, they won one game. Uh, and it, it kind of, and that was kind of what doomed their season for a bit. So edge rushers won. I think everyone's going to want to talk about, but also places where they were kind of fortunate this past year. The offensive line never had a game where their one of their starters was out for the game. There was a game where I think Mason Cole was injured for the second half of it, but uh, they, they every every game every offensive lineman that started the start of the se- the start of the season started every single game of the year. You don't get that every year, and it b- makes me question. What are the most important depth spots on this roster right now that need fortified in this offseason, being it the draft or the or, or free agency? Adam, is there any spot that you're looking up looking at higher than any other? I think edge rusher is, is a good place to start. I think it's been, you know, kind of a, a point of concern for, for a while now, right? Is that you have these these nice pieces at the top with Alex Highsmith and TJ Watt, but if if TJ Watt goes down, it changes your entire defense, and and we saw that, you know, in that first half of the season when when TJ Watt wasn't there, obviously you're not going to find someone who can step in and be TJ Watt. That's that's impossible, you know, pretty much across the board. But you you want someone who's at least maybe going to allow you to, to to stay within within your defense and not have to change things too much or not have the way opposing offenses attack you change dramatically because they don't have to account for um, you know nearly as much of a pass rush as they do when, when T.J. Watt's in there. So, you know, I, I look at that. I also look at, at depth building a little bit in terms of you mentioned the offensive line. I think you want to look for upgrades, and then I think you want some of the pieces that you have playing or that you have under contract to kind of become those depth pieces, if that makes sense. So I think that's almost a, a better way to look at it is, how can I get better at some of these positions while I can keep some of these guys around who may be better suited to a backup role than they are being a starter role? I think that's certainly true on the offensive line where, you know, a guy like Dan Moore, do you want him starting in, for the long term? Probably not. But, you know, if you if you draft an offensive tackle, if you go get Broderick Jones, if you go get Peter Skronsky in the draft, and, and those guys prove to be upgrades, is Dan Moore someone you still want to hold on to? Probably. And so then you kind of kill two birds with one stone there, um, you know, by, by adding an upgrade, but also having a, a, a depth piece to replace that starter rather than having to rely on free agency and going out or, or the draft and going out and getting all of these guys. You, you can keep some of it internal, if that makes sense. No, I feel you on that. And actually, I, I do think that that's definitely got to be part of the strategy, right, if, especially for the offensive line. If they go and get a – particularly when I look at this offensive line, I think they're really good at right guard with James Daniels. I think the core four is still a solid right tackle. I do look at that cap number, and I'm like, hmm, $13 million is a lot for what he's brought to the table. Um, 
I think Mason Cole held it, held it down at center. Um, Kevin Dotson, I thought, was mercurial in how he could be really good or really bad a lot all season. And at the end of the season, he trended a lot more to really good. And then Dan Moore, a guy who was second-year, fourth-round pick, you're fine with that. But they don't need to be fine at the offensive line. They need to be really good. And so I look at Dotson and Moore right now as the guys where if the Steelers find a way to get, you know, say – uh, Osiris Torrance from Florida as a guard option to to go in there and replace Kevin Dotson, or if they go and get Paris Johnson or Peter Skaronsky or even Dewan Jones, and that guy goes in, and that's what puts Dan Moore to the back. I, I think you're right. Those are two guys who have been starters who you can rely on as backups at least for this next year, and that gives you the depth itself. Um, so that's certainly a group that that I look at. One thing, one group that some people look at is the wide receiver position. Do you think the Steelers should be aggressive there? Because, yes, Deontay Johnson and George Pickens are the top guys, but Calvin Austin missed this past year with injury. You're not sure what he's going to look like in the NFL. I think he'll look good considering what I saw in camp and how fast he is. Um, but then after that, you have to sign, re-sign Steven Sims for the cheap, maybe Gunnar Olszewski. Uh, but, you know, there's no definitive proven third option in there. Do the Steelers need to make sure that that's – part of their free agency plans and draft plans. Also, they did sign Anthony Miller back as well. Yeah, I think it's, I, I think you can afford to get better at three. I think you can afford to get better at four and five. I think that's, that's, you know, something that, that makes things easier for Kenny Pickett when he has more weapons to play with. And that doesn't necessarily mean you need to spend a ton of money. Um, but you, you want to get out of, of having like camp invites being, being your four and five, um, which is what we saw at times this past season. I think you want to have bona fide guys, maybe guys who were, uh, you know, special team aces um, that, that can help you out. So, yeah, I think if you draft one and sign one, I think that puts you in a position where, um, you know, Calvin Austin can, can find, kind of find his way. You probably hope that he, he ends up being that number three, uh, fills that slot position well. But if you, you know, draft one, sign one, and, and you have five legit NFL um, they belong on NFL roster type of guys. I think that makes the receiving core better, um, even if it's not spectacular. No, I feel you on that. Um, and I, I think one thing that we saw for years, and, and maybe this needs to be a paradigm shift that the Steelers are already planning to go through, but we saw the Steelers put such an investment into the wide receiver position when Ben Roethlisberger was in his prime and then in his twilight of his career. It's Juju Smith-Schuster in the second round, James Washington in the second round, Deontay Johnson early third round, uh, Chase Claypool's second round, and now George Pickens' second round this year, though granted that was without Ben Roethlisberger, but they've made so many investments into that position in the early rounds, uh, especially on day two of the, of the NFL draft, I, I feel like that time needs to at least slow down for a little bit for the, for the Steelers because they need to get stronger in the trenches. And look, wide receiver is one of those positions where if you do it right, you never have to pay too many of them, you know, you know big, the big bucks. Like, you know, what the Bengals are looking at right now, they, they've hit, but now there's questions. Can they keep T. Higgins? Because they, they were paying Tyler Boyd. They know they're about to have to pay Jamar Chase and those types of situations. But if you keep hitting on wide receivers, I do think it's, I think that's a good thing to have in, in your arsenal, and that's what the Steelers have had for some years. But now Kenny Pickett's a young quarterback. You got George Pickens. You've signed Deontay Johnson. You know, Colin is coming up. I agree. Maybe sign and draft guys, but don't make them the priorities in either of the situations because I think this team needs to get strong on the offensive line, the defensive line, linebacker, and cornerback. Those are the four groups that I continue to stare at the most at with all the prospects and players out there available. 
Yeah, and, and I think you raise a good point with, with receiver. The Steelers are always going to prefer to develop their own guys, and, and they want to spend their money on their their own guys. So you, when I say sign one, I don't mean go out and spend $10, 13000000 $15 million on, on a receiver. I think that that'd be a little much, considering that you do have some hope for, for Calvin Austin. Um, but, you know, paying someone 4 5 $6 million, someone who is a, a solid NFL player, but but maybe not a a, a star. That, that's something I think that you have to look at. Maybe bringing someone in here on a two year deal that, that's kind of a you know a little it gives you a little bit of term, but also um, gives them the ability to prove it and go out there and, and maybe get a bigger contract later. Um, you know, that, so that's that's kind of how I'm looking at it. Is you, you want that that mid tier? You don't want to go to those those big guys because the Steelers do not like to invest that way, and, and it, it makes sense and it's worked for them. So you, you don't want to mess with that model, but you also want to get better if you can. Now I hear you on that. We'll have a lot of time to talk about those situations. Also, Adam's going to have a show with our man Ray Fittipato on Saturday. Come back here on the on the on the the, the uh, Post Gazette's chan- channel right here to get to get all the access on what they're breaking down mock draft wise and looking at some of the prospects in the NFL draft. We're going to take another break. When we come back, I'm going to be talking to Jason Mackey. He's down in Bradenton, Florida, and he's been keeping a close watch on everything Brian Reynolds and what's been going on with the, with the, with the Pirates in that situation. So we'll talk with the, with Jason in just a minute here. But first, we're going to talk to you guys about our great sponsors at Yinzers in the Berg. Yinzers in the Berg. Listen up, everyone. They are the number one place to get all your Pittsburgh sports apparel accessories and much, much more. The Steelers campaign is done, but the Penguins are getting ready for that second half push to keep the playoff streak alive. The Pirates warming up right now. Pitt basketball has been, been, been going crazy. There's lots of things to celebrate in, Pitts, in Pittsburgh sports right now, and the best place to get to get the items that you can that can help you celebrate is Yinzers in the Berg. They have two legendary stores in the Strip District that you can visit at any point in time, but if you can't make it to the Strip District, that's that's great because they can still you can still go to their website yinzerspgh.com it's yinzerspgh.com you go there every week their merchandise is being updated there's new there's new things coming in there if you're a Pittsburgh sports fan or you want to get a gift for the ultimate Pittsburgh sports fan you go to yinzerspgh.com right now again it's yinzerspgh.com for yinzers in the berg the number one place for all your Pittsburgh sports apparel We're back here on the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I'm your host, Chris Carter, and we switch now to the Pirates down in Bradenton, Florida, is our man, Jason Mackey. He's back on the show. Jason, you know, it's that time of the year where things are starting to warm up to get ready for baseball, but the Pirates, with the guys that, that everyone's been waiting to see what's going to happen with Brian Reynolds, it has not been resolved as of yet. You wrote an analysis piece, the piece that people need to go read at post-gazette.com on the Brian Reynolds situation, but can you detail for our listeners and viewers What's going on on both sides of the negotiating table here? Yeah, and there, I, Chris, that's probably the, the root of it here. There's not much of a negotiating table. I think mm. fans rightfully wish that there was a negotiating table. There was at one point, but you have Reynolds looking for basically eight years, $135 million, give or take. The Pirates offering six years, $80 million, give or take. And Brian Reynolds talked the other day, I thought did a really good job, but basically talked about his trade request that he made back in December was the result of them having a vastly different view on his value of a player. I would agree with that. Um, now, basically, what what happens? Um, well, in the immediate future, he's going to continue to play. He's been doing that. I've watched him interact with teammates. I've watched him hit and throw, and none of that's different. And I don't think it will be. I mean, he's the last guy that I would worry about as far as being 
you know, a problem or anything like that. He barely speaks. Um, and when he does, it's generally positive and, and well-received. So that's not an issue. Can they find some common ground, though? That's what I look at and think, you know, is there a way to close that $50 million gap? And I'd, I'd like to think so. I'd like to think so because he's a good player. He's somebody they should keep in Pittsburgh. Uh, but if you can't do it, probably I think if I'm the Pirates, the max I would go is my rate, you know, whatever the math is, 80 million over six. I think it's like 13 and some change. Do that for two more years and get to the eight years that Reynolds wants. If that's going to get the deal done, I do it. If not, I mean, the, it probably is just the move to trade him, try to get the max return. And I think that's probably going to wait until the trade deadline. It's, I wonder when I see this situation, if the Pirates, their stigma in their recent history kind of has a hold over this situation where Reynolds can, can, can be like, look, you know, you guys don't want don't want to be in another situation where you don't pay your best player or you don't pay the guy that that that, that you've homegrown that's become you know a star and been like the yeah. guy that that's carried you through the rough years. Is that something you think that's played into the negotiations where the Pirates are trying to hold their ground? But Brian Reynolds is like, you you have to pay me because if you don't, it's going to be another firestorm in the city um, <laughs> when another star goes out playing for the Yankees, or the Dodgers, or something. I know, but if you're the Pirates, wouldn't you just say like, man, we got calluses built up for that? You right. think you're going <laughs> to – we've done this before, buddy. We're, we're either going to sign you or not, but it's not going to be because of public backlash. I mean, shoot, we've got a master's degree in that. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I, the way I've perceived the Pirates is they are – the politically correct way of putting it would be extremely calculated in how they um, spend their money. And the majority of the fan base is going to say that they're way too cheap, and, that, and that's fine. Um, those people also probably conveniently ignore that the payroll got up to 100 million in 2016, uh, that they did, you know, from like 39 million. And you put that in today's terms, like, yeah, I do think that if the Pirates get this right based on how they're doing it and they incrementally grow their payroll, that they're going to exceed 100 million and they're going to get there over time if you can, you know, push toward another 2013, 2014, 2015 window. But a big part of that is. 2011, 2012, like growing up prospects, getting a little bit better, a little bit better, having these young guys grow up together and also not signing anybody to a crazy long contract that could potentially go poorly. Now, with Brian Reynolds, do I think that that's sort of like a different you know, song that I think Brian Reynolds is going to be just fine in eight years? Yes, I do. I, I, the risk inherent in that contract is not that much to me. I, I believe in him as a player, but I think that's where they sort of come at this saying, we don't want to tether ourselves to an eight-year contract that's going to put you here when you're 35 because that's just a little bit too much for us. Like if it were me, I would be all for doing it, but I'm, I'm just trying to explain sort of the caution with which I think they're proceeding. If you, you've been one person to say that you see things building here within the Pirates organization, you see them working to a point where they're going to be relevant again. It's not, and, and the, the, the three year period that they've been on where it's been really rough, that's coming to an end. They're, they're getting to something here. If you're the Pirates and, the, and you're building to there, is that sac- Do you think that, th- that them looking that far ahead is kind of missing the point here if you're the Pirates? Because no. No. It, it, to me, I'm thinking like, man, forget way down the line eight in eight years if if in the next three years he's got we you can keep him and he'll be a huge part of your puzzle and you actually are competitive and you know that he's part of that to me that seems like that would be worth it considering where they've been but what's your opinion on on you know, weighing the now versus the future that the pirates are in 
What the Pirates need to do with this, Chris, and it's a really good point. I'm glad you brought that up. Their payroll can't afford to be like other teams and that what they're trying to do is create a pretty tight band. Like they never want to go too high, never want to go too low. No, people are going to get upset about never going too high. I understand that. But you look at teams like the Reds where you sort of like jettison all these guys and then they bought them out to a certain level. Like they're trying to build something that is independent of that. And you do that by getting a bunch of young players, developing them appropriately, bringing them up, some of them, there are going to be hard decisions that you're not able to keep them and you trade them and then you flip them for prospects. Again, Tampa Bay Rays, Cleveland Guardians, those are two very good models right now and what the Pirates are trying to do. So the Reynolds contract is tied into that just because you generally with those teams don't see that much of a commitment to one player. Now, there are certainly exceptions like Wander Franco right now is I probably wouldn't put him in the Brian Reynolds bin, but maybe an O'Neill Cruz bin like that type of conversation, Kevin Kiermeyer from the Rays. Uh, well, not with the Rays anymore, but was with the Rays. Like that might be a Reynolds deal, but, the, but Reynolds is more of a premium offensive player than Kiermeyer was and would obviously trump that deal in a big way. So, I mean, that's why it might not work. Anyway, what I'm trying to say is the, 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 the amount of money and resources they lump into one specific contract in a lot of these teams are minimal. It has to be the right situation. And so – an argument could be made that this is not the right one as much as anybody might like Reynolds as a player. I hear you on that. What are, let's, let's step away from Reynolds. What, what are some of the takeaways you've had in your time in Bradenton so far? I uh, saw you talking to Brian Hayes and how he's put on weight. What, what, are your, what are your feels from the things that you've gotten from guys? He looks really good, man. Really, really good. Like He's still moving around, but, I mean, it is very obvious um, that he's added some weight and added some pop. So did Cruz, actually. That's something that I didn't necessarily write or we didn't talk about a lot with him because there were other things to address. But, I mean, he is he is a big boy to begin with and is an even bigger boy um, lately. So uh, that, that's that's been some takeaways. Um, this is a, a more down-the-line thing, maybe just because it's fresh on my brain and I was talking to some guys about it this morning. But Austin Hedges, uh, the catcher they signed this offseason, a lot of people were upset about his batting average, which, be that as it may, uh, he's been really good for this pitching staff so far and will continue to be just talking guys through bullpens, working with pitchers. Um, I watched him have a long conversation with Henry Davis in the clubhouse mm-hmm. this morning about who knows what, you know, just a, a really has, has a presence about him. And I like that. Um, and then the good young players too is another thing I would say, like Andy Rodriguez is all cut up and added weight and looks really good. And I mean, he's somebody that, you know, is obviously going to be an important part of this thing. Henry Davis, same deal. Quinn Priester, um, Mike Burroughs threw a bullpen yesterday. Like these exciting young players that people are going to see in Pittsburgh. Um, we're seeing them now. And they, they have a lot of them. And, that again, we're talking about how they're building this thing and how it's going to work. It involves those guys. I hear you on that. I'm excited to see what some of the young pirates do, man, because, you know, there's, there's guys like Quinn Priester, like we've been waiting for to see, you know, the, them them come up. I'm hoping that you get to write a lot of stories about these guys. You get to, you get to write a lot of stories about these guys making their moves this year. Jason Mackey, ladies and gentlemen, he's down in Bradenton, Florida. He's covered everything Pirates as they're getting ready for the season. Jason, thanks so much for joining us here on the North Shore Drive podcast. We appreciate you. We appreciate all our viewers and listeners here on the North Shore Drive podcast. We're back next Monday covering all things Pittsburgh sports. Thanks again for Adam Bittner for being on the show earlier. We'll be talking Steelers next Monday coming out, looking at draft situations, getting 
and getting ready for free agency. Lots of talk there. We'll see you then right here on the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the North Shore Drive podcast of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. If you're watching this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our YouTube channel. For six months of digital access to post-gazette.com for just $6, click the link down below in the description. Llegaron los Pro Paint Days a Lowe's. Desde ahora hasta el 16 de junio, los miembros MVPs de Lowe's reciben un 20% de reembolso en pintura con una tarjeta de regalo electrónica de Lowe's por compras de pinturas elegibles de 100 dólares o más. Lleva la nueva y exclusiva pintura HGTV Home de Sherwin-Williams Specright para interiores. Lowe's sabe de pros. Aplican exclusiones, restricciones y más términos. Visita Lowe's.com diagonal L diagonal Pro Loyalty Terms. Sujeto a cambios.